hello everybody. Libby and I are chatting about her lessons from turning 62. I'm really excited to do that with her. And we're also exploring what it means to let things be. This was a really great episode and I'm excited for y'all to hear it. Libby, what are you excited about with this one? Well, um, my love affair with cake. We talk about cake. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Blind Nil Audio. I'm Alex L. I'm Libby Delena. Welcome to This Morning Walk Podcast. Okay, good morning. Good morning. Okay, I do like this new mic style. It's kind of charming. <laughs> For people at home, we are holding our mics like we are on a stage like Celine Dion. So. <laughs> You're like Celine Dion, as I said to you earlier. I haven't even brushed my hair, so, you know, here we are. Okay, so an well, update. Well, 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 wait, 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 wait. Your birthday was yesterday. Correct. And you turned 62. Correct. And I don't know, you look 30 to me today. Like, listen to this, this 62 year old glow has just given me everything I need. I mean, you always look beautiful, but there is a glow about you that's like, what moisturizer is she using? (laughs) I use the moisturizer you make me. That's what I use. (laughs) Yeah, 62. I mean, the other day, or yesterday, I was saying to a friend, that's a number that I attribute to my grandmother. Okay, maybe my mother, but I don't hold for myself. So it's just, Mm -hmm. uh, it's a really, it's a really interesting thing. I am so happy to be 62. I mean, obviously the alternative is not something I want to sign up for, but 62 is a big number. And quite honestly, I don't think I've ever really paid attention to my age, but here we are. I know. You know what's interesting? I've been thinking. I've been thinking a lot about like who signed me up, who let me into the adulthood club. Right. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'll be 35 in July. I can't believe I'm raising kids. I can't believe I have bills to pay every month. I don't love. I don't. I don't love the, being this adulthood. Like, of course, I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for my. Correct. Family. Let me just say that before people are like, "Oh my god!" But it's just like, I'm an adult. No one is handling this shit for me. Right. Right. Why? Why yep. did I want to be grown when I was a teenager? And you've got to do this adulting thing every day. Every, every day. Every I can't day. Even take off. No, there's no down God. day to be four. Right? No. Yeah. Every day. I mean, before so you, you got on this. that way? Oh, all the time. I'm like, really? In my, I don't know, my spirit is probably about eight years old. Okay, maybe 13. <laughs> so when I, so it's a disconnect to the number, my age, my actual age is a disconnect completely from how I feel. Mm. Okay, sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like a little bit of a grown up, but yeah, to your barely. point. Bar- yeah, barely. Me, barely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, before you got on this call, you were doing like grown up things. Yeah, I was talking to my financial advisor. Right. And moving my money around and my stocks and stuff. I'm like, this is so ghetto. I hate it. I don't <laughs> want to be here. <laughs> Give me my money back. 
Right. And I don't know what I'm doing. Actually, I actually have no idea what I'm doing. No idea. No if idea. It wasn't from, if it wasn't for Ryan, I told Ryan, I said, you can take the call. I'll just be in the corner listening because that's his, his wheelhouse. Like he handles all it. the money that we put in. Our, we max out our, our, our SEP every year. We max out our Roth. And I'm like, I don't understand. You can handle it. And he's like, fine. So they're sitting in there chatting and I'm like, what the hell is this? What the so hell crazy. is this? I need to go get another <laughs> cup of tea. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. Every single day, the adulting thing has to happen. And sometimes it's a little overwhelming. Sometimes it's too yeah. much. Yeah. Tap sometimes out. it is too much. And that's when we go walk. We that's just a- go stomp it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I stomp it out. Yeah, I think that's um yeah, you take all that angstiness and like yeah. Okay, so I'd like to um I'd like to review our conversation from a week ago about oat milk. I just want to oh. I want to update you on a level to, tell you that I've leveled up. I now okay. am making my own oat, almond milk and proud of you. I saw that. It's a game changer. I mean, it tastes so good, and every time I make it, I think of you, and I feel very cared for, so just wanted to let you know that. I love that. How did it taste in your tea? Tell me about your process. Okay, so the process- It looks really, like, creamy. When you posted it online, I said, this looks like she bought it at the store. Um, So um, this is maybe a little fancy pants, but I bought that thing called the brown cow or the almond cow. What's it called? I don't know what it's called. I had one. Mm Mm-hmm. And- I don't, you know, I th- I'm pretty happy with that, but it sure makes it easy. That's for sure. And yeah. um, it's not as uh, creamy and frothy as my old oat milk. And you mentioned that, but it tastes great. Good. And I took a little scoop of the sort of the residual and put it back in the milk so that it was had a little, uh, yeah. Oh, a little texture. A little texture. Yeah, like exactly. chunky almond butter, but <laughs> chunky almond milk. <laughs> so how was your milk in your tea this morning? Well, I put almond butter in my milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the update. Shifting gears a little bit, I do want to learn a little bit more about what 62, what you're looking forward to in the 62nd year on this planet. That's a long time. It's a long time, and I think I've mentioned this before, but the recognition that, um, you know, I think we've I've said this before on this podcast, which is, you know, I think the average American woman lives to 76 or something, so that's, let's call it 15 mm. more years left. There's a, actually a, oh. I, I actually don't view that, I don't view that as sad. What I view it as is um, an incredible opportunity to make sure the things get said, the um, mm. um, the people I love know them. I love know that I love them. I love you, mm-hmm. and love you. and um, yeah. So, what am I looking forward to? I think um, I think there's a certain reality of um, becoming an elder that feels. Um, like there's, I, I feel like I have a certain level of responsibility to younger people who are younger to mm-hmm. share what I understand. I've learned in the process, not to say that it's going to be necessarily true for, for you, but um, there's a lot of lessons that have come from 62 years. And um, give me your top two. Okay. Hold, please. Let me just look at my, cause I wrote them down. 
<laughs> like a ding dong. Oh, you know, I love that. No, that's good. Okay. So what? here is my list of what I have learned in 62 years. Okay. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Notice when the universe is cheering. I don't think mm. I ever noticed when... And what do I mean by that? I think there are certain little sparks that show up during our lives that sometimes we're so busy or don't acknowledge them that we um, move right past them. So notice when the universe is cheering, number one. Number two, um, your time and space are limited. Remove, give away, throw out things in your life that don't light you up any longer in order to make room for the things that do. You know, that's my language. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think I learned that. Yeah. That's what I learned from you. Um, life lessons will be presented to you in an order that they're needed. Everything you mm. need, everything you need to understand, um, the lesson, actually, the lesson is inside you. Once you truly learn the lesson, you'll be presented with the next one. And if you are alive, that means there are still lessons to be learned. Mm. So the lessons well. will arrive when you need them. Mm -hmm. Um, here's another one. Don't keep making the same mistakes. Try and make new mistakes. Oh, try love that. Try them out. Um, this comes from my dad, which is dream bigger. When mm. I was, I don't know, 13, 14, he brought me a pair of platform shoes. I was already six feet tall and he just sort of said dream bigger. <laughs> um, this, I, I don't know if this is a good lesson, certainly not universally applicable, but when you're unsure, start, just start, mm. um, mm. give yourself compliments. My little pro tip for that is on my laptop, I have a folder, um, that says you are wonderful. And when somebody shares a compliment with me, I screenshot it or I write it down and I put it in that folder. I remember when you first uh, shared about that with me and I just thought it was the most amazing thing because we don't lean into those micro moments of celebration of self or others or those reminders when people are like, you really changed my life. You really helped me. I really love you. You're wonderful. Like that's so beautiful that you do that. I, I've been saying I was going to do that. I haven't done it yet, but I love that you do it. The other thing I would say, um, I think you know this about me. I am I am not particularly good at um, knowing how to receive that. It, mm. It's it I, and so in a way that's a practice for me. Um, I did this yesterday. We was, I was out with some friends and everybody was saying happy birthday, and I said, "Well, let's celebrate everybody's birthday instead of simply saying thank you and receiving." Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Let's talk about that. Okay, go for it. Help me. I think the first question I have to that is why on your birthday would you and would you minimize your celebration to include everyone? One beautiful, generous spirit you have. Love that about you. But also like it's your day. And people were celebrating you. What felt hard about just being with that? Well, you know me. I, I'm not very good at being able to find the words to articulate it. I just remember in my body feeling like, oh, my gosh, I want everybody to feel included. I want mm. in this moment. So placing my centering myself in that moment just 
Ooh, it makes me choky, choked up. It made me uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. my, re- my, my reaction is let's, let's include everybody. And, um, yeah, so I guess that, that little folder on my desk is an attempt to practice that, but playing small mm-hmm. is, a is, I think, uh, for me, something I'm definitely trying to unlearn and it's maybe the work of my life, but, um, mm-hmm. playing small is, I think, I don't know if you, is that a place where you've spent any time? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple of things before I answer that and dive deeper into that is one, thank you for acknowledging that that made you feel uncomfortable because that's how it makes so many of us feel, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And two, you said you wanted everybody to be included. Everybody was included right. because they were there right. loving on you. Right. And it is so important to relearn or learn from scratch what being loved on looks and feels like, even if it's uncomfortable. Right. And I've talked about this in my books in How We Heal and in and in After the Rain more specifically, when for a long time with my husband and his family, who are a very big, loving, awesome family, I did not know how to receive the love so much show so much so that I was willing to leave my relationship to tell Ryan, I don't want to be with you. I don't want this because I was so uncomfortable about be, with being loved on. And it has taken me years and I'm still learning it, like how to receive love from people and to think back to your question about like how have I ever felt that way or have I ever moved through those that feeling of discomfort? Yes, and mainly because I never felt loved growing up, and when I did, it was all it always felt conditional, mm-hmm. and it always felt like if you are performing, doing what I say, sitting down and shutting up, and being small, then I will love you. And so I never felt like I could show up in my fullness. And so to be partnered with a man who expected, wanted, welcomed my fullness hmm. and his family, it it has been an act of showing up and being big. It is a hmm. practice and it is hard and it's uncomfortable and... It's a daily, it's a daily work in progress. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think, um, I think a lot of that resonates and I think about even, uh, dear friends of mine who will say, oh, I'll pick you up from the airport or can I put some groceries in your fridge for when you come home? And my instinctual reaction my instinctual mm. reaction is no, 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 no. I don't want to bother you. I don't want it. I no, I'm good. Right. Mm. It's this. And, um, and I have one wonderful dear, well, many wonderful dear friends, but Kimmy in particular will always say, Lib, I want, I want to love on you to do this. Mm. I, I love, I want to love you that way. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to hold that time and that effort and that space for you. 
And yeah. that, and, and in fact, when you say no, 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 it feels a little bit like a rejection. It feels a little bit. Mm. And I think, oh, that's, it's actually such a, um, helpful frame for me to understand those gestures. But mm. I think I like you, um, I'm st still at 62 learning how to, how to do that. It's not mm. instinctual and it doesn't, um, yeah, it takes conscious, conscious effort. And, oh, here's what I'm doing in my body right now. I'm just sort of trying to relax my body. Cause even as we're talking about this, I feel my shoulders going up. So yeah. in those moments, it's just, uh, oh, exhale, exhale, exhale. Um, and I think about it a lot on my walks. I'm like, isn't this interesting? Mm. Uh, um, yeah. And the re it's like a reminder that exhale that we do when we are in practice of uh, sitting with being with the uncomfortable. Um, it's a reminder that we are worthy of being loved on. Mm -hmm. It's a reminder. Yes. So yesterday Ryan, um, lost his dad on January 4th, suddenly, and it has been waves and waves of, of grief over here in, in big ways and in small waves. Um, but yesterday he was kind of down. So I was checking on him. I was like, how you feeling? How's your heart today? Um, and normally he'll say, even bef before the passing of his dad, when I would ask him those questions, he would say, I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah. But in recent weeks, he has started to say like, I'm sad or I'm hurting or I'm a little down. And that just opens me mm -hmm. up to be able to love on him and listen to him in a way that, um, or just be with him, like just be in his presence, um, in a way that is, you know, adjusted so that I can be a soft place for him. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he was down most of the day yesterday. He's been having these recurring dreams about his dad and about saving his dad's life. Mm -hmm. um, and then waking up and realizing that, you know, it is what it is. Um, the reality is what it is. And um, he said to me yesterday, after being down most of the day, he came home. I think he had some vanilla ice cream because that's his favorite thing, vanilla ice cream. And... Um, he came home and he was just like, I just, I just love you. I love you so much. I just love you so much. And, um, I still, we've been together 11 years and I still have to get used to hearing someone say that to me and mean it. And that I love you just felt like, mm thank you for seeing me today, even though I was down and I'm, and I'm sad about my daddy being gone. And just thank you for letting me be with the feelings. That's what it felt like. He didn't say that, but that's what it felt like. And um, it's in those moments where it's like, oh, wow. Like I, we are worthy of this life together with each other. When I think about my friends and you know, just the bond that I have with my friends. It's like, oh, I am worthy of this, this love. I am worthy of this um, celebration. Like when I can't celebrate myself, I know I can turn to my friends and my loved ones, you know? And so it may be uncomfortable sometimes, 
but I remind myself like, you're worthy of this. You know, you give it to, you, you deserve the love that you so freely give to everybody else. And, um, I just think that's special when we're able to like show up fully in that, especially for those of us who have struggled, you know, to not feel like a burden, to not second guess, like, is this love for me? Is this connection and celebration really for me? Am I worthy of this? You know? And so instead of shrinking, it's like, no, let's stand in it and see what comes up. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I would say that um, Ryan saying to you, I'm sad today was, that was a radical act of love. He didn't have to say Mm -hmm. I loved you later on because by saying that, Mm -hmm. He was saying to you, that place that you're holding for me right now uh, enables Mm -hmm. me to, I'm I'm usually the one who says I'm fine, I'm good, but I actually um, trust this loving moment to say to you that um, Mm -hmm. I need to go get some vanilla ice cream. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's, Mm -hmm. It's so powerful. I would say for me, I think part of the reason I love my walk so much is in fact, Caitlin said this on our conversation with her our previous uh, episode. She talked about going, when she goes on her walk, it was a space where the energy was come as you are. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking when she said that, I thought, oh my gosh, that was, and um, what I took from that was it was an exquisite place of love, no matter how I showed up in in that space and in that moment. Um, My walk never judged. It always held space. It always Mm -hmm. has room for whatever, whether I'm stomping or skipping that. um, Mm. And in a way that for me, I I think that's part of why I'm, uh, it is, such a sacred place for me, these walks. It is, Mm -hmm. it is the place where, not the only place because there are a couple of others, but it is truly one of the places to show up where I can show up and I feel incredibly loved, which is, and that's an interesting, that's just an interesting dynamic. But yeah, so I think um, for me, um, that walking space is, I think the equivalent of Ryan saying to you, I feel a little sad that that ecosystem Mm -hmm. is the same Mm -hmm. to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Very mm. loving, open, trusting, trusting the energy of the place where you are. Obviously, his affection and love for you enabled him to do that. And I think that's what I feel when I go on my walks. I am able to take all of it and yeah, uh, yeah carry it with me, walk with it. Hey, walk stars, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, 
you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome back to this Morning Walk podcast. What have you learned about um, letting go over the past year? Uh, um, I think uh, a couple of things are coming up. One is, you know, for me, I look to the natural world as a, a model for just about everything. And when I look to the natural world and seasons come and go and tides come and go and sun, the the act of letting go is uh, is part of is part of the natural world is part of our lives. It inevitably happens, so it's not a problem, right? Like letting, letting something go isn't an act of, it might be an act of shedding. Um, in any case, where I, where I, where I've come to actually be with it is that I, I hold the language, um, of letting things be versus letting Mm. things go. And to me that there is a distinction, Mm. the letting, letting something go to me in emotionally feels like, something is leaving or is, um, going away. Or for me, the visual is letting something go is we're going down a river, which, um, is a beautiful visual. But for me, I've, I've come to revise that my understanding of letting it go to more, just letting things be as they are to letting them pause and, um, honor wherever something might be in that moment. So to me, the the word go, t- for me, feels like energy leaving versus letting it be. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. I actually really like that reframe. Um, I do think sometimes things do need to be let go, mm-hmm. released, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But there is something that feels really compassionate. Mm about letting things be what they are. Um, There's something about the acceptance that comes along with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The grounding into, okay, this is how it is. How can I be with that? Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, So I really love that. I love that reframe. I'm going to think on that more because... I feel like that's the season I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know, I th- I did a lot of letting go in my 20s, a lot of shedding, a lot of wilting, a lot of uh, dying, if you will, energetically, mm-hmm. right? But now I'm in this season in my 30s of just letting things be what they will be. With or without me, I am letting things be. Mm-hmm. That goes for relationships, that goes for opportunities, that goes for places. Like all I can control is me. 100%. And so everything else I can let be and I can shift how I or adjust how I am choosing to show up in certain relationships, spaces, and opportunities. Um, and I just think there's a lot of grounding power in that, like- it feels less stressful 
Letting be feels more peaceful, peaceful, less stressful. Letting go feels like a struggle, feels like active. a really active, turbulent departure of right. some sort. Right. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, you just like put that. such beautiful words to it. And where it came from for me is somebody um, actually, a, a, I guess it was about 18 months ago, said to me about my gray hair, oh, you've really let your hair go. And I remember thinking, <gasps> oh, oh, let's just, let's review. I've been gray since I was 35. So <laughs> in any case, and I remember feeling exactly what you did, which is the implication of letting it go was you don't care. Right. Like you, do, you know, mm. you no longer care anymore. And in that moment, I said to the person, I'm just letting it be. This is, this is actually truly who I am. I am, I am, I'm not letting, and, and that it was a reflective response of letting mm. it go is this sort of, to me in that moment about my gray hair, it was mm. an indicator of some kind of, oh, you no longer care anymore. Um, mm. and which like, there's a rejection there. There's like this. Yeah. You don't care how you look. Go. You don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you don't, you don't care about how you show up in the world anymore. You've gotten to a place where I don't know, fill in the blank. And yeah. it's actually the exact opposite, <laughs> mm -hmm. but to me, you beautifully sort of articulate it, which is letting it be. There's a, like an energy of acceptance, of calm, of peace, of recognition, of um it doesn't require any decision to um mm. push something away or uh, to me letting it go there's a l element of rejection right like i've rejected mm -hmm. um looking good or younger or whatever it might be mm. and i think mm -hmm. when you know when you asked how do you feel about letting things go and i think you're right there are many things that just need to carry on their way down the stream or down the road. But in many cases, um, it is, uh, it's a deep breath in, it's an exhale, it's a recognition that it is what mm -hmm. it often, things are what they are. And mm -hmm. to your point, I, I, I'm in no position to change any of it. All I can do is switch my view of something, my lens on right. it, come right. around and look at it from another side or, um, yeah, so I think I've gone from let it go to let it be primarily. I also think letting it be is an invitation for things to leave in a more peaceful manner. At their pace. So, at their pace. So instead of us trying to force ourselves to let something go, to forgive, release it, to yeah. all the things, right? Yeah. It's just like... I'm going to let this be and it will find its way out. It will find its way out. It is this surrender to not struggling. Yes. Right. Right. I actually love that, Libby. That's a great, that's a great, uh, that's great. Yeah. I think it goes back to my, um, you know, this one lesson. Lessons will be presented to you in the order that they're needed. Everything you need to understand for the lesson is within us. Once you've truly learned the lesson, and I think this is the letting it go, but it's at its own pace, you'll mm -hmm. be presented with the next one. Mm -hmm. And so it, everything has its, again, back to the natural world, everything's got its pace. I can't rush that spring comes on now. I'd like spring to be here, but it, I just have to let it be and keep mm -hmm. showing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So what were some That's of my good. other lessons? Um, as you know, cake is better than pie. So choose the cake. 
<laughs> um, efficiency is highly overrated. Goofing off is highly underrated. Hmm. I think Love play that. is so important. And I think at 62, there's not a lot of play in 60-year-olds' lives. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's adult lives. We don't play. I think playing, mm -hmm. there's a lot to be learned in playing. Um, and um, I think leave space for some magic. Yeah. Those are mm. kind of, I think those are kind of my lessons of 62. That's and great. I I'm don't come for me. See how they... Don't what? come! Don't come for me on the cake and pie thing, because oh. I am not going to be. You will not change my mind, anybody. <laughs> cake is the way. <laughs> that might need, need. That might need to be the title of this episode. Cake. Is cake the is way. the way. <laughs> that is um, so funny. Yeah, you know. And I, I, I guess back to the compliments on the desktop, it's sort of like, be your own hype girl. Like, you know, love on yourself. Yeah. yeah. It's Don't important. You? I mean, it's important. I think that when, and I, I'm still a big believer in this, and I know that some people will not agree with me, but I do believe that when we truly get up close and personal with how we love ourselves, we can then open up our heart, body, and minds to the genuine um, love of others. Like I really, for so long, like when I did not love myself, I could not receive love from someone else. I didn't even know what it looked like, or I would receive it and then sabotage it because I was mm. so disconnected from the love of myself. Um. And it was almost like when I received love from, and we can just use Ryan, for example, I've been with him for so long. It's like when he was trying to love me, I could not receive it because I was still stuck in a really deep place of um, self-abandonment, mm -hmm. self-hatred. Um, but when I started deepening into the love of self, and this doesn't mean that people, people are going to love us regardless, right? Mm -hmm. I do believe that. Mm -hmm. But how we receive that love will translate differently depending on the relationship, the loving relationships that we have with ourselves. I truly believe that. Um, and this may not be you know, true for everybody, but I know for me, it, it reigned so true that I couldn't openly receive love from this person, his family, because I was so entangled with self-hatred and self-abandonment and doubt because of how I was brought up. Um, and so when I started unpacking that and when we had, you know, our first child together, like the love just, it deepened in a way because I was finally able to receive what he had been wanting to give me. He never stopped loving me. He was going to love on me regardless, but how I was able to receive that love felt like a whole new chapter and gift because I had deepened my relationship, my loving relationship with myself. I had to get over the fear that came with love, right? Um, the fear that this isn't really for me, the fear that 
um, I'm not really worthy of this, the fear that if I let him love me, he's going to hurt me. People are going to hurt us regardless, right? On purpose or not. Um, and so I just had to, you know, took a lot of therapy, <laughs> took a lot of processing, but it's just interesting, like what love can do for us mm -hmm. internally and externally when we are truly open to letting it be really. Yeah, it, it's so true. And, um, can you think back on something or, uh, um, something that you embraced, something that you read, something that you heard that um, was a little bit of spark that enabled that self-love? I mean, where, where did you learn? How did, how did that happen? How did, how did you switch mm. from where you had grown up to this new place? I mean, how does, what does that look like? I think it's a constant switching. Yeah. At almost 35 years old, I still have to remind myself, hey girl, you're yeah. worthy of this. Yeah. I mean, yesterday, my husband was telling me how much he loved me and I had to like really bring myself to that moment to receive what she he did. was saying. Yeah. It, it's not easy for me. It's yes. not easy. It's uncomfortable. Right, right. Because a part of me is like, well, what did I do to to to, to receive this, this right. loving statement? Like, it just feels edgy and it, and it yes, shouldn't, yes. but it does. Um, and so something that really sticks with, with me is a Maya Angelou quote. And she says, nothing will work unless you do. So I had to work on me so that the things around me could work with healthy function. I look at that in so many different ways, my relationship, my work, my parenthood, the relationship I have with myself. Um, nothing works if I'm broken. Right. Right. Um, and so that's something that really brings me back to myself and to the truth of you know, I'm worthy of showing up and doing this work. I'm worthy of, of this love work, this soul work, all the different things. And the only way that I'm going to reap the, the benefits of this healthy, mutual, reciprocal love is if I show up in it too. Right. Right. You know, like it, there has to be mutuality. I can't, he can't just love me by himself. I mean, he can love me by himself, but that's not fun. Like yeah, love right. is better done, right. you know, collectively. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Well, I would also say, um, how can we possibly love anybody else? I, we, we are the primary place to practice. We are the, we, I mean, yeah. we, it has to start here. It can't possibly extend beyond us. How can we possibly let Ryan love us? How can we possibly let anybody else love us? If we, if we are not in that place with ourselves, it kind of, it doesn't, it doesn't math up. It doesn't make sense, actually. You know what I just thought about? I what? thought about me being behind a door and someone else that I love being on the other side and they're knocking on the door and they're saying, I love you. I love you, but I will not open it. I won't, I, I may peek out the mail slot, I, I, but I'm not cracking that door. I'm not opening it, you know? So that's how, that's how I used to be. Yes. Like somebody, we're going to use Ryan. Hey, babe, if you listen to this, he would just be knocking at the door. I love you. Can yes. I come in? I love you. I'm ready to come in. I love you. And I'm just like, uh-uh, nope. 
The door is locked. It's deadbolts. And then year after year, I slowly started unlocking the door, taking off the chain, cracking it. it. It's been a process. Yes. And so something that I'm really grateful for is that our children, I'm going to try not to cry, um, is that our children are never going to know what a closed door from us mm. looks like in their life. They're never going to have to knock. And I think Ryan is so good at love because his parents always had their door open. And now I feel so sad that he has lost both of his parents because they always welcomed him and his siblings over the threshold. There was always, um, come in. And because he was loved that way, he has taught me yeah. how to love that way and how to keep my door open and not deadbolt it and put the chain on. Sorry. And that feel, feels really good to say, oh, my door is open for my kids. They're never going to have to wonder, does mommy love me? Does daddy love me? The door is open. And so the cycle has been broken in so many ways. So when I talk about self-love and like really being with ourselves, like this is the type of stuff that I mean. So many of us have closed the door to ourselves and to those around us who really love us because we're scared. But we don't have to do things fearless. We can, we can do things scared. So even though... <laughs> I was scared to open the door. I opened it. And there are some times that I still feel scared and overwhelmed. And I've been in this relationship for 11 years. There's times that I still have to remind myself, okay, love your kids. Not just feeling the love, but like making sure they hear you say, I love you. Making sure you're snuggling them and laughing with them because it's not, love is not second nature for me. It's really like... 20 20th nature like it's so far away sometimes and I just am so grateful for um just going back to what you said like learning how to let things be versus trying to control what the outcome is going to be you know just letting things be what they are so that I can have peace in my life Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think the analogy of the door is so powerful. And it sounds as if the way um, you two let it be is um, is so powerful. I mean, obviously, Ryan kept knocking at the door. I'm going to wipe away my ears. And over the course of time... 
you were able to un undo the chain, undo the lock, and he was still there. And I think mm. that's um, it's really powerful. Uh, that visual for me is really powerful. And yeah, the practice is to open the door, let each other in. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. Mm. Mm. Well, thank you for letting me cry on the show today. <laughs> Seems perfect for Valentine's Day. Oh, it is Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. It sort of makes sense. It makes sense. Right. Yeah. Right. And this, this podcast is no longer about the cake. It's about opening the door. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, there may be cake Open on the, the other side. With the cake. <laughs> right. Right. Now, to complete the story, Ryan would have a piece of cake there for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for this. This is beautiful conversation. I love every conversation I have with you. I learned so much. My goodness. I feel the same. Thank you for sharing your, your list of 62. Mm-hmm. And um, I hope this year, and I know this year, will be so abundant and easeful and glorious for you. Mm-hmm. And you inspired me at the beginning of the year to think of a word. I think it might might have taken me six weeks to figure it out, but it's alignment. So getting in alignment with, um, yeah, with life, letting it be. Mm. Mm-hmm. Love it. Thank you I for this. You. Com- I love you so. <laughs> <laughs> This Morning Walk is a production of Blind Nil Audio, hosted by me, Alex L. And me, Libby Delena, produced and edited by Chris Jacobs. If you find value and meaning in the conversations that Libby and I have, please share the show with a friend and consider leaving a five-star review. Comments on Apple Podcasts really help us out. When you do that, it introduces this show to a bigger audience. Thank you so much for listening. You are wonderful. Have a great walk. The views, information, or opinions expressed in the series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Chip and Joanna Gaines, Blind Nail Audio, nor Magnolia.